It is another episode of Video Vampires. We got me, that's Mickey. And Jessica. And, and then... <gasps> I want to introduce them! Um, we have two special guests. Carrie from Sucker Punch Co. And Hi. Heather from Horror Movie Star. Hey guys. Again, two guests that have been here before. We had a little Sunday night movie, so we yeah. had to uh, celebrate. But uh, first... Uh, <laughs> how can you not celebrate... A Sunday without Del Taco. Uh, they should they, endorse us, by the your, way. When so. you get your order right. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> Mickey. Not to be negative. Oh, you I have w- a story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I went, I, I've been gone. I went to the Bahamas um, for eight days with my girlfriend and her family. They live on a mm-hmm. boat. Went down to the Bahamas, and um, uh, I learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, this is the second time I've been in there. In eight days. Yeah, I did. I learned a lot in eight days. One of which is that uh, I'm not good at roughing it. I'm yeah, very, I, I'm, I can see that. I'm very, I'm very much like a kind of a prima donna. Like, um, I don't like that I have to pump a toilet to use it. <laughs> um, everybody on the boat was farting left and right. And you're like, oh. and, and it's not even like, oh, I'm sorry. It was just like letting it happen. And you're just like. And in a small space. That's and in a small strange. space. It is strange. It is At strange. least go up on the deck and fart into the ocean air or yeah. something. Yeah, I did a lot of peeing in the ocean. Did oh, a lot yeah. of that. Because oh, yeah. you can. Because you're like, I don't feel like getting up and back on the boat and go. Because we swam the whole time. Yeah. I mean, um, my girlfriend wanted to go. She loves, she's all into this stuff. She wanted to go snorkeling all the time. I did not. Um, and the reason why is, um, and I talked about this when I went last year, but uh, I'm afraid of moths, right? Yeah. And, and butterflies. Right. Things that, things that flutter. Knows. I have a new fear that oh, I, I discovered last year, which is um, stingrays. Why they're so cute? They're you know, so happy. Everybody says that, but um, but when they creep up on you, yeah. And um, I realized when I, you know, one of the things I realized when I wa- you know, when I saw stingrays and got afraid of them is that uh, it finally made the ending of Who Framed Roger Rabbit make sense to me. You know, like when like they flatten Judge Doom and they, just oh keep yeah, right, and then like they're like oh, and then he starts like fluttering, fluttering. yeah. <laughs> Stingrays are cartoon characters that have been smushed no. and then keep moving, and it freaks they're me aliens. out. They are, they are fucking gross. People are like, oh, they're, they're, no, they're, they're the puppies of the sea, and there's nothing about them. They have little faces. If you the look at their faces, it's like, ah. Yeah, no, they just flutter underwater. It's your water butterfly. <laughs> uh, is yeah, not it's, exactly. They're water you butterflies. You can touch them at the aquarium, you know, whenever you go, and you can, like, pet them like two little, fingers. Boop, boop, boop. Two yeah. yeah, that's exactly what Steve Irwin thought. He sweat. He got stung in the heart because he, cause he was irresponsible. <laughs> we're talking about a guy. What? We're, we're talking about everybody's butt, right? a guy oh, who dealt with crocodiles and wild animals, and he gets killed yeah. by a fucking stingray. He was a uh, no. Yes. <laughs> and he and, wasn't very. And the worst thing too is that when you when you're when you're swimming and when you're in the ocean, they're like a lot of shallow water too. You own, you first see them as just this giant shadow in the water that's coming towards you. <laughs> and the funny thing is that, like, so my girlfriend, at one point, we were just talking at the beach and everything. I'm in the water and I'm talking to her. And she's like, you know, previously, like, she'd freak her mom out because there was, like, a bug on her mom. And she's like, oh, my God, there's a bug on you. And I was like, why would you do that? Why don't you just say, hey, come here for a second. And, like, I, that's how I was like, like do it. If, like, I, if yeah. I know you're afraid of something or I know this one's going to bother you, I'm not going to tell you it's right behind you. I'm going to say, hey, come here for a second, you know, to kind of, like, you know, not make you freak out. So my girlfriend, knowing that, she's like, hey, come here for a second. And I went, oh, okay. And I just, I knew exactly what she meant. I just ran right back on the shore. And sure enough, I turned this, like, shadow starts swimming back into the water. Uh, apparently, it come right up to me. And then um, the second time we saw it was the one time I went snorkeling. I see it, like, buried in the sand underwater. And I'm like, ah! It's like, I just can't deal with it. And then the third time was when we were trying to manage this, like, this ridiculous kayak situation where we kept, like, trying to, like, fix it, not tip over in the water, and sure enough, I mean, I see this giant shadow the size of Delaware just mm. swimming around, and I'm like, ah, that's a fucking stingray. I'm getting out of this water. I'm going onto the beach. Fuck it. I don't care. I just, I don't like them. Um, I think they're gross. Um, 
And but aside from that, like you know, the Bahamas were really nice. You know, we went swimming a lot. Yeah. At one point, I just needed to be by myself for a bit, so I went into town. Uh, yeah. We were like we were right near town. Like we were, you know, like a fifteen minute dinghy ride to, to town. So I went to Georgetown by myself, and everybody there was so nice that it freaked me out. Like I'm so jaded at this You're point. That people tourists. are like, people, no, go. no. It was like people were like, how you doing, young man? Like, how you have a great day? And I'm just like. Why are these people being so nice to me? And they're just being legit nice. They weren't being creepy. But I, because I'm so used to like Los Angeles, you sacrificed at the end. I thought about that. I thought about that. You know, but um, I don't know. I got really freaked out. Uh, You know, but we went. You know, like I said, a lot of swimming. Uh, There was a lot of bickering on the boat. Um, My girlfriend and I, because we were on this anchorage and everything like that, and like um, an anchorage is like where all these different boats are anchored and everything, and like you can like. People are interacting with other boats and everything like that, and it's kind of like Rear Window. Like, I don't know if you guys ever saw Rear Window. I mean... Yeah, yeah. but I don't know how you mean. Okay, I'm gonna get there. So, because <laughs> my favorite Hitchcock movie used to be Vertigo, and then I rewatched Rear Window recently, and I was like... <clears throat> oh, yeah, so connect the story. I'm gonna connect the story. So, what happens is, is my girlfriend's like, oh, we should do, like, I was saying, like, we should do, like, a Rear Window type scenario here. We're like we, you know, with binoculars, and we we know somebody like on the other boat, maybe doing something suspicious and whatever, and like someone's got to swim over. And then I realized, with all the bickering on the boat, that it would be our boat that something suspicious happened, and somebody would get murdered on our boat, and then it would be whatever. So <laughs> our boat would be the Raymond Burr boat. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, and I, I last year when I went, I I watched Jaws. I didn't watch it this year. I didn't bring any aquatic. <laughs> I, I, I have this new thing now where every time we go on the boat, I want to bring, like, an aquatic horror film, and I oh, forgot this year, idea. so. Yeah. Um, like, next year, I'll probably bring Dead Calm with Billy Zane and Nicole Kidman. Billy Zane is always good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was my, my Bahamas trip. It was eight days where two of them, I was holding it together pretty well, and the rest of it, I was just like, <laughs> I can't do, I can't camp out in the sea. Um, I'm just not a camper. Um, I need television i need electricity <laughs> i need to be able to watch movies whenever i need, need a, a flushing toilet i need a flushing toilet not a pumping toilet see yeah i feel like i could live like that but i don't want to yeah so i'm just not gonna put myself in that situation really i'm a person who likes to like walk around be by myself a lot of times like i like to go for walks and you can't do that on a boat in the middle no. of the ocean but I got I to see dolphins the for the first time, which was really cool. You've never seen That's dolphins cool. before? Uh, <laughs> no, I have never seen dolphins before. <laughs> and I saw it, I saw them twice, so that was really cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never been to SeaWorld. I've never seen a dolphin ever, and, like, sure enough, they were, you know, it wasn't, like, as cool as I... I saw them in Malibu. They, like, came right up. They yeah. were, like, so close to the shore, I was like... Holy shit! Right. People are like, yeah, it happens all the time. And I'm just like, oh my god! An animal from the ocean is communicating. <laughs> right. And that's what I kind of hoped was going to happen. Like, the dolphin was going to swim up to the boat. And then, like, yeah. for, like, the next eight days, we were going to have this special re- bond relationship <laughs> that, that was, like, you know, kind of like E.T. meets, like, Flipper. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't pan out like that. No, they weren't into it. Yeah. They are like, nah, dude, we're not. Um, we're out. Before I went to the Bahamas, though, I did watch uh, Ready Player One. Oh yeah, I still haven't seen it. You really liked it, right? I, I didn't really like it. I liked. Oh. It. I was. I had a lot of fun. I never yeah. read the book. The way from the people I know who read the book, they reacted to Ready Player One like I reacted to it. Because okay. I read, you know, what I'm saying like you know when yeah. you read the book and you're so attached to the book and like you're like, hmm, this is a good movie, but they made changes that I wish they hadn't. That's right. how people. Some people felt. I think a lot of people were yeah. disappointed. Right. Um, but there is, for, like, horror movie fans, there is a great middle sequence of that movie that is fucking awesome. Yeah. That is so good. It's so much fun um, that it's worth seeing the movie just for that. I do kind of want to see it. I just see don't... I feel like there was others that I wanted to see more. See it in the theater if you're going to see it because um, it needs that, like, loud, you know, yeah, loud, you know boomy. Uh, boomy and, like, big screen. The only <laughs> problem with the movie was that there's so many, like, it's great because there's so many references and it's fun to kind of, like, especially if you're a fan of the 80s, yeah. it's a lot of fun to point out the references, but the, everything's happening so fast that you'll notice one thing, but you're missing something else. So, like, when I went, I, my, I went with my neighbor and we were we were talking and at one point, like, you know, we weren't talking, but, like, one point there's, like, this whole gunfight and I'm, like, pointing at the screen <laughs> and he's like, what, what, what? And then I, you know, I'm like, it's the gun from Aliens, you know? But by the time I've said that, something else has happened that I missed, you know? So, um, but it's worth checking out. I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, I'll see it again, you know, now that I've seen it in the theater. I'll I'll see it again when it's on cable, just so I can, like, actually slow it down and go, oh, there's that. There's that, because there's, like, everything. I mean, like, it's, 
there's like they reference Akira, they reference yeah. you know Blade Runner. I'm sure a lot of pop culture. Yeah, it, I mean the whole thing is just '80s pop yeah. culture. There's a lot of fun, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that was what I saw, and uh, and then I rewatched um, the thing from another world. I just gotta throw that out there. Okay. Because, you know it's it's the original thing, you know, where they're, yeah. it's the fun thing where they're like in Antarctica and they're being chased by a terrible monster, but none of them are getting depressed about it. They're all just having a good time. They're but not like, actually having a, yeah, they're not actually crisis. having like this crisis or like being like, who's what, you know, Trying it's just like, blood. yeah, there's none of that. It's just like, it's, they're all like, in, they're in a terrifying situation, but they're all like kind of have this jokey dialogue and this camaraderie. And I watched that on the boat cause I was, you know, I brought that with me cause I'm like, oh, they're in the middle of nowhere too. Yeah. Um, but I, years ago, I wanted to go, I was doing research on, like, how can I get to be on an Antarctic base, you know, for the winter, because, like, you know, like, I, I, after watching, you know, the thing, John Carpenter's, I would not, I would never, well, I thought about that when I was in Iceland, I'm like, we're kind of the closest, I'm the closest I'll ever be to being in there, but you would think about it, because you'd see these, like, weird huts in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you're like, so cool. Who lived there? Um, what were they doing? In 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 Antarctica, in the Southern Research Base, like every winter, when most of the crew and the, the staff leave, the last they take on the last helicopter. It's just like a skeleton crew at the the base. Yeah, they they celebrate the first end of winter by watching the thing. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, they have like the carpenter thing, and um, but I, I I've been wanting to do that for so long, yeah. and I realized being on the boat, I was like, I probably would lose my shit. Did so. You? Well, I'm just saying is that, like, I would, I don't think I, I could ever fulfill that dream, because if I can't handle being in the middle of the ocean, I probably can't handle being in the middle of Antarctica. <laughs> oh, and the toilet um, is probably frozen. Yeah. 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 yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, you would dig a frozen hole. <laughs> um, I saw, and we talked about this, because I know if, uh, you guys, or Heather and Carrie saw it, was I saw A Quiet Place. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Now, I'm going to say, pause this. And then move forward. No, 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 oh. not you. <laughs> not Mickey. You, the listener, because I'm going to have some spoilers. And if you don't want it, just fast forward just a little bit. Um, oh, no, no, go ahead. Just you, spoil it. It's like not really a spoiler, but it is. Just it's spoil it. in the It's in the trailer. Anyway, my two major... Beefs. Beefs with this movie <laughs> is, one, you have a whole monster being that works on sound, and you don't... The whole movie takes place, like, from a, a little over a year. Like, a year and, like, maybe three months. Cool. And they didn't fucking figure out that this stupid-ass alien monster thing that works solely on sound would be sensitive to it, to high frequency, to anything. It's infuriating. That's that's my main point. And plus, there's a, a something major that happens in the th- film um, that I won't give away yet. But it could have been avoided. It could have solely been avoided. You... It was too, that part was too dumbed down for me. I didn't like it. Is it, it a case of it could have been avoided, or is it a case that I argue with you all the time where these characters aren't, don't know they're in a horror movie? No. You, no. as the audience, know no. they are. Okay, no, okay. No. It could have been avoided. Okay, all right. All right. I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, because we've Listen, had Listen, it could have, it's not like the stuff that I'm yelling at the movie we just watched, and I'm like, get up, or kick him, you know? This is like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're smart enough. Yeah. And then uh, another one was, I hated... I get that it was a point of the movie, but I hated that they had a baby in it. Mm. <laughs> Flush that baby down the toilet. It does not belong in this world where these <laughs> monsters are eating you, okay? I don't think most kids belong in horror movies. No. I, you know, it's like that Eddie And they want to introduce yeah. an infant to this planet? No, you guys are bad parents already. Well, not that, but it's also like, you know, um, like The Exorcist. Like, you know, like after Linda Blair goes through the whole thing and... I don't care Ellen, how great of a parent you are. Ellen Burson's never going to be able to look at her daughter the same, same way. Right so you just fucking move out. Just leave the kid in the bedroom and just go do your do something else. That's it. Say, oh, that was a, you know, call it a, yeah. call it, you know, call it a loss and just move on because fuck it, you know, like you're, these kids don't belong in horror movies. Yeah. They definitely planned this fucking baby and it's infuriating to me. So those were my two... Aside from it, I, I think I liked the, the movie really up until the very end. And, you know, it is scary. Mm-hmm. It is very suspenseful and it is very quiet, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's a great opportunity. I think you guys were talking about um, maybe it being the next franchise, which I get. And it's a great opportunity, especially for deaf people to have a movie that's like uh, got <clears throat> sign language in it and of the availability of roles for deaf people. That's that is It's really cool. huge, yeah. you know, but um, I just, and it's a good second film maybe for, uh, what's his name? John Kravinsky? Yeah. Kras- Krasinski? 
What was the first movie he did? I can't remember. He uh, did uh, brief interviews with Hideous Men, the that's right, that's right. Uh, David Foster Wallace movie. Yeah, yeah, which didn't do too well. Either. No, I saw it, but honestly, I don't remember. It was like when I first came out, mm-hmm. but um, so you guys saw that too. Did you like it? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I do agree with the um, the thing that could be avoided could have been avoided. <laughs> It was written so well. You know, the whole time it was, I was watching, yeah. I was like, ooh, this is well written. And yeah. so when you get to a point when it stumps your, your well-written part, you're like, did no one rethink this? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's called a, a did they thing. rush this? It's yeah. called a yeah. fridge moment, you know, like as, as a Hitchcock term where it's like, you know, when you go to get, you know, go to the fridge later on in the night after you've seen a movie and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, why did this happen? Or, or why couldn't this, you know, it's like when that just doesn't make sense in a movie and it, it haunts you afterwards. Yeah. You know? Um, but I and love I, sign language, so that was a big it was, plus for me, that I was like, oh, I know this. You yeah. Know? Like, yay. Oh, that's awesome. You knew yeah. sign language? Oh, well, just like bits and pieces, yeah. you know, so. That's really cool. Um, also, I saw You Were Never Really Here. Oh, yeah. Um, the Joaquin. It, it was great. Yeah. I really liked it. It's only April, so I still, it's like one of my favorite movies that has come out so far. Okay. That I've seen. Um, it's fucking dark. It's really dark. Good. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, he, he's gotta be, like, one of my favorite actors. He delivers his character, like, perfectly. And yeah. it's, Wasn't especially, there, uh, someone said, like, something about it being kind of, like, taxi driver? Yeah, then, except not, uh, you can see pieces of Travis Bickle, the character, in yeah. him, but it's not the same. It's, so he plays, like, a, an, a veteran, and, like, really, he has no other choice but to be this person. That's just his life. That's all he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can't really function in the world um, as a normal person, just just like Travis Bickle. Um, it's beautiful looking, and it's, like, dark, and it's violent, and it's sad, and it's creepy oh, cool um but i loved it i i really loved the whole thing um uh, even the ending um <clears throat> i think joaquin phoenix is like one of our, i know i, I our mean, best actors of like our time i've said it before where it's like he's the only person who can be in a biopic about somebody and look nothing like the person he's playing <laughs> and yet you still go oh yeah like yeah <laughs> I, I'll, I take I'll, I'll believe he's johnny cash because he was so good in it um yeah and and his uh, the master like fuck that oh, movie yeah. is that incredible is his character is just him and philip seymour hoffman oh yeah just i mean exceptional yeah he's he's a fantastic actor um but those are the two that i've watched all right the quiet place is the last one i watched yeah um, well it's worth seeing i'm not saying that i'm just saying that I, w- I was upset. <laughs> well, I don't know how upset you were, but I was really excited to about the movie we just watched. I was wanting to, I've been thinking <laughs> yeah. about this a lot. Because, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in, in one of my top three favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I have like, such mixed feelings about Toby Hooper. Like, I yeah. love him. I love him, but it, it's kind of like, like I was, we talked about this in the Wes Craven episode too. Like, every, I feel like there's certain directors that have rules. Yeah. You know, like, uh, a Wes Craven movie, if it's got a dream sequence or booby traps, it's good. Yeah. And that's why Nightmare on Elm Street's fucking amazing, because it's got both, you know? Yeah. Uh, John Carpenter, if if he's done the score to his movie, it's going to be amazing, which is why most of his With career is good. With yeah, um, to the thing. Yeah, 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 but fair enough. Yeah, you're absolutely... Well, I think that... I hear things. I'm convinced that he did a lot more. He got involved with that, because it sounds way more like a John Carpenter... I don't know. I think it's very... Oh, okay. See, I don't see that. I, but I also think of Marconi as, like, spaghetti westerns and, like... Yeah, but he didn't have... You, uh, okay. We'll but, but, Toby, <laughs> but, but the Toby Hooper rule is that a good Toby Hooper movie makes you feel dirty afterwards. It yeah. It makes you feel gross and grimy, which is why... Yeah. With the exception of Poltergeist, which people argue did, he didn't direct. Yeah, because it's... it's supposed, Spiel, yeah, yeah, Spielberg. Yeah. But that's the only movie that's, that's out of his, his filmography that's really great. But it doesn't feel like a Toby Hooper movie. Yeah. Um, we watched Eaten Alive, which totally feels like a Toby Hooper movie. Yeah, it is. It's like grimy. You can it's like very grimy. Feel the humidity. Yes. Yes. Um, in the air in this movie, you really can, and it's like, it's got some like really great kind of like the '70s wigs because we were talking about it. Oh, in yeah. the movie. Aside from it is it is dirty and gruesome, and you kind of like hate 
this guy, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. I feel like, like you kind of hate everybody yeah. in this movie. Yes, you do. You, 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 you're frustrated with everyone. You're like, what are you doing? And the redeeming part is every everyone gets eaten by yeah. this, like, <laughs> alligator um, or crocodile, crocodile. or, you no, know, yeah, creepy dinosaur. Um, they never die. It is. It's so <laughs> gross. And um, then, oh, the yeah. close-ups on him and, like, his face and the hair. He looks like a wild man, you know? It's, it's like, uh, It was a follow-up to... It was the yeah. se- first movie did after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it was actually, like... And it's something I mentioned earlier is that this was supposed to be a Hollywood film. Like, this was, like... It was shot in L.A. It was supposed to... It was, yeah. it was made with the intention of being, like, a, a mainstream film, which it doesn't feel like at all. It feels like some weird, grimy, grindhouse film. And that's one of the things I love about Toby Hooper when he's on his game is that... He made the weirdest decisions ever. Like, he made these movies, and in every movie he made post-Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he was trying to make uh, a movie that was accessible to everybody else. So he does, you know, Eaten Alive. Mm-hmm. He does Salem's Lot, yeah. uh, the TV yes. movie, and then he does Fun House, which is another great movie. Yeah. Um, Life Force, which is so fucking bizarre. Uh, naked space vampire that sucks the soul out of people, or the uh-huh. life essence, not the blood. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's got Patrick Stewart in it. It's this fucking batshit crazy movie. Um, the guy who plays Char- played Charlie Manson in the '70s Helter Skelter TV movie. He's stumbling around that movie like a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's great, but it's so bizarre. And then he does Texas, you know, Invaders of Mars remake, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. All these movies he was trying to make. Like, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, to him, this is normal. Like, these movies are normal, and it's like, dude, you have so far beyond yeah. what's a normal, perception of what's normal, this and I love it. so much. Yeah, it's, like, so maniacal. It's, like, kind yeah. of crazy, and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, um, Neville Brand is in it. It's basically yeah. the, the plot of the movie. And here's the interesting thing is it's loosely, 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 loosely based on um, a serial killer in the uh, 30s or 40s. Named Joe Ball in Texas, uh-huh. who was a World War One vet, and he owned and operated a saloon in Texas with a pond that had six alligators. <laughs> uh, he killed a bunch of women and, and allegedly and allegedly fed them to his alligators. He was known as, or he's been referred to as, the Bluebeard from South Texas. Oh my God! Um, so, anyway, the Neville Brand plays this creepy uh, hotel motel owner named Judd, who. Um, you know, uh, he just basically just starts, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He starts killing off his guests and feeding him to the giant alligator in his... I like how absurd, like, all of a sudden he has all these guests and he's like, I gotta just feed, feed, feed them all. Them. I just yeah. gotta kill them all. He like, just loses it. Yeah, I do. I like and, and I said this, we were watching this and, and Carrie brought this up, is that there is, and I totally agree, like, I, um, you know, in Neville Brand in this movie... Who was actually like he was like he was an actor who did so much stuff like Twilight Zone episodes. Um, he was in Ninth Configuration, just a lot of stuff. Um, he's basically playing, as far as I'm concerned, every member of the Texas Chainsaw family rolled into one person, maybe yeah. the exception of the grandfather. But he's got like the he's he's definitely Leatherface, that like kind of like neurotic like, like <gasps> did I just do something wrong? Yeah. You know, um, he's got the hitchhiker's like mannerisms. You know, like. He, um, and he's got, like, the cook, if you go back and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is kind of a weird, like, like, the, the cook is kind of, like, simultaneously getting turned on by torturing Sally. Yeah. But also being freaked out by it and, and constantly, like, talking to himself about how wrong it is, you know? You know. It's that bipolar. In yeah, it. exactly. And, but it happening all in, like, within, like, minutes of each other. All of that is in this one character. Um, and, he, and instead of a chainsaw, he has a Nile crocodile. <laughs> or, and, a and a scythe and a scythe and a scythe yes which he does he does use often um, one of the things I love about this movie is and I, I remember at one point we paused because our um, our Del Taco came yeah that's right <laughs> always paused for Del Taco delivered, delivered. Um, yeah Postmates um, but uh, <laughs> we should get them to sponsor it's not Del Taco um, but uh you know, one of the things I love about this movie is there's this weird subplot where this family shows up. Yeah. And it's like this this couple that's just like, their marriage is completely fucked. You know, they have an annoying child. The, the Why what? is she annoying? Oh my God, that child is so annoying. Why? Uh, her dog was murdered in front of her. And she's got she's, a bum leg. 
Her yeah, and she's what got a, a bum leg. Oh, she had a yeah, she had a little she brace. Had a brace. She had a brace on her. Uh, you don't even know. Uh, you know what? People have worked through harder. <laughs> and her parents are probably going to get a divorce soon. They're most definitely going to get a divorce. You know, the, give uh, her some slack. traumatized Yeah, her. the mom's popping pills, taking wigs yeah. off, and uh, dad is just like, I mean, is just doing these weird, like he's just having these weird monologues with the yeah, wife. Yeah, I don't it's like, really, I didn't understand that. I was like, are they on drugs? I mental breakdown. Exactly. literally is having Yeah, I was like, this is, he's on acid or something. And you can hear them arguing, like, at one point, like, through the walls of, like, you know, she's talking about how you got laid off. He's like, I didn't get laid. They're just going back and forth. It is a marriage that is going downhill, and it's somehow caught up in this <laughs> horror movie that I love. Um, and, and that's some of the things I want to mention is that, like, I think besides the fact that this movie takes weird directions and just that's when I, I was saying about Toby it's... Hooper, I'm like, why do you think this is uh, how a normal movie is? I mean, it's great. This yeah. weird melodrama that's going on in this alligator or crocodile killing movie, you know? Uh, basically, Eaten Alive is Texas Chainsaw Master meets Jaws. Yeah. You know? And but, you see how influential it is even still. Because yes. you have pieces like Quentin Tarantino. Exactly. That he's taken from movies. Like, he, he talked about this, especially when he did Kill Bill. That series is... All borrowed from, like, oh, different... It's a, a mixtape of movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, like, still, like... Um, even though I feel like you don't hear about it as often, um, that I, it's I still so used in, in other pieces. Which is weird, because you see this movie and you're like, <laughs> kind of well, like, what? Exactly. And, and one of the things that's great about this movie is it's fucking cast. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to run down quickly. Neville Brand, like I said, Twilight Zone. I remember mm-hmm. in the Twilight Zone episode I was telling you guys with, with Sulu... Where, like, they're up in an attic and they're fighting and they're, like, racist. They're both, they just don't get along. It's crazy. <laughs> it's the one time I episode where I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I don't mean that in, like, a, it blew my mind. It really just, I, I, I it's the one like I don't I'm get. Not. I'm like, I'm not, um, but, uh, you know, you got Neville Brand. Then you got Carolyn Jones as a madam. Carolyn Jones, she was that old lady. In the I know. Oh, that's yes. so good. I have no idea. She was Morticia Adams it. on the original Adams Family show. Yeah, now I see it. Uh, the wife... Uh, in the domestic problem was Marilyn Burns. Yeah. Marilyn Burns' previous movie to this was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Actually, I think yeah. she did Helter Skelter, uh, okay. that TV movie, and then she did this, but she had done, she worked with Toby yeah. Hooper on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And um, if you know, she's the only one that doesn't go topless in this movie, and the producers want her to, and there's that, why there's that long undressing, because she just layered up. Yeah. And they were just like, this is, I read this, and she's like, I did that on purpose. Yeah. Like, I was like, they want to see me strip, I'm just going to wear as many clothes as possible. So there's a scene in the bathroom where she's like getting ready to get bath, and she's just taking off, like, yeah, layer, 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 and you never right. see her, and it's pretty savvy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, she spends, the like, most of the movie tied to a fucking bed, just yeah. like, like, being tied to a chair in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um. Pre-Freddy, Robert England. I know, I love it. Who plays this real... <laughs> He's gar- perfect. He plays such a garbage person. Yeah. Um, he plays this character named Buck, who has who opens the movie with uh, names Buck, Rare and a Fuck, which was yeah. used in Kill Bill. And what I like about Robert England in this movie is that he's so good at it because every, I feel like every town has a character like Buck where it's like... Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's a big fish in a little pond. Like, he's he's in, in, t- in the town that you're in, he's yeah. kind of a scary Even dude. Even like... Um, what we just watched, Demon Knight too. Yeah, he's Tom, that he's, character. He's the Tom Taylor character, he's exactly. Perfect, yeah. yeah, but Robert England plays it really well. Like he's so sleazy. You yeah. know, and the whole movie opens. The whole he starts the whole movie off by in this whorehouse uh, with a girl that is going to be the first victim in the movie who he's trying to do something kinky with her. <laughs> we can only guess what it is, some but butt he definitely wants to get, give her some butt action. He just wants to get what he just wants to get what he paid for, you know? Yeah. And then Morticia Adams comes up and she's like, you can go pick two chicks, you know? Uh, but Robert England's really great. But my favorite part of this whole, whole movie is William Finley, who plays the husband in this movie. And uh, it, I, for, for people who, haven't, who aren't familiar with William Finley, he was this character actor who worked a lot with De Palma. He was really good friends with De Palma. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked with Toby Hooper a lot. Um, he passed away a few years ago. It's really sad. He was awesome, though. But William Finley has played some fucked up characters. In Phantom of the Paradise, he plays the Phantom. And he's great. I mean, he's, oh, he, yeah. he's yeah. tragic, but he's, he's, it's still fucked up. In Sisters with Margot Kidder, mm-hmm. he plays kind of a mad scientist character. In uh, Funhouse by Toby Hooper, he plays a drunk magician. Um, in Black mm-hmm. Dahlia, he plays uh, who, the, the, the red... The, Red Herring, where you think he's the killer. Mm-hmm. You know, like the disfigured dude, whoever. Anyway, 
This is the weirdest fucking part he's ever played, though. And all he's doing is playing a husband in a bad relationship. But out of all the weird roles he's played, uh, a fucked up musician who sells the soul of the devil, a mad scientist, a drunk magician, yeah. the weirdest role he's ever played is just somebody's husband. <laughs> and that's what I love. And he was like, uh, yeah. he's such a nice dude. Uh, in real life, but he's just, he got this, like, this one scene, and I remember when I first saw this movie, I was like, I know I'm gonna love this movie, and it's the one where he's, like, reaching out to his wife while she, mm-hmm. or back is her, and just making a weird high-pitched squeal, yeah. and you're just, why is he doing like, this? Rage. Yeah, it's just, like, so he fucking... He just wants to hurt her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's so fucking weird. Um, the movie got re-released many times. This was, like, a shady film. Toby Hooper ended up leaving... Uh, right before they finished filming. So, like, the last, the climax, I think, was was actually directed by Marilyn Burns, and she describes, like, you see her at one point, she's, like, thrashing around on the ground. That was her cueing all the different people to do their parts. You know, cue the crocodile, cue this, cue that, you know? Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was like, a fucking haphazard uh, movie. It was originally written by two other guys, and then Toby Hooper reached out to Kim Henkel, who he co-wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre with, and was like, will you please come and uh, help me with this movie. Like, Toby Hooper's never not had a lot of luck with movies. Like, every movie he's ever worked on post-Texas Chainsaw Massacre has gotten some sort of, like, you know, um, this one had problems with, like, from the get-go, with just meddling and interference, and he didn't want to have all that topless shit going on, but they were, like, the producers were like, hey, we want to see the tits, you know? So Toby yeah. was like, oh, you know, I mean, like, I want to deal with this guy fucking running around talking to himself in the hotel, attacking people with a, you know, a scythe and everything like that. And uh, the producer's like, oh, they don't want to see that. They want to see boobs, you know? <laughs> um, and then, you know, Sam's Lot is an exception, you know? Yeah. But uh, Funhouse, also maybe an exception, but Life Force got, was a huge bomb, and he didn't get a lot of the creative control that he thought. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was... He just hasn't had a lot of luck with... Yeah. You know, like, every time he's going to do a project, he's like, this is going to be the one for me, guys. Something goes wrong, and on the one hand, sometimes it, it turns out okay for the rest of us, you know? Because you're like, like Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre 2, where you're like... If you didn't know any better, you're like, oh, this movie looks like a fucking blast to work on. Yeah. It was great. And it was like, no, it was a nightmare. They had, <laughs> they had a terrible time, and it was like, I think they finished filming in July, and it was out in theaters in August. Yeah. So, um, but Eaten Alive, the producers released it, I think, three different times. Really? Under three different names. Um, Death Trap, Horror Hotel, and Starlight Slaughter. Wow. So, they, they would just basically, like, they, the movie would be out in theaters, and then they would pull it back in. Wait a little bit, put it right back really? out, change the title. Um, this was a video nasty in England. It was one of those movies that got, uh, you know, had obscenity charges on it, and so they uh-huh. really banned. Um, wow. Which is funny, because the version we watched was, uh, I mean, finally got, you know, unbanned, or uncensored in England, and the version we watched was from Aero Video, which yeah. is uh, England, uh, UK-based distribution company. Um, and they do a fucking amazing, amazing job. Also, I'm forgetting about this part. This is, I just think this is a really cool... Uh, not coincidence, but um, so you got Robert England, yeah, in the movie. You know, we all know he's going to go on to play the alien from V. <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, um, no. I mean, we all know he goes on. I mean, this, 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 you know, he goes on to play Freddy, and then um, Janice Blythe, who plays the girl he's with at the end. Yeah, you know, uh, the one one of the few people who gets oh, away. Yeah. She was in Hills of Eyes. Also directed by Wes Craven, so I think there's like a really cool like six degrees of people going yeah, on. Separation. Like, yeah, separation. Um, yeah, I love that. I also love, and this is an argument I debate I had with Steve Sears actually, where is I love the soundtrack to this. It's you know that weird like ambient like yeah. it's not quite as good as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's this like weird screeching and like weird just weird noises. And I remember um, with this one we worked together. I went on a road trip. Yeah, I took a week off and. And drove from Vermont all the way down to L.A. And I stopped in Memphis for two extra nights because it's my favorite city. Yep. I go into this record store and I'm hearing this. Uh, and I'm like walking around. I see uh, I see this vinyl of, and it's got Neville Brandis Judd on the cover. And it doesn't really say anything else. And I'm like, this can't be the fucking soundtrack to Eat Alive because it's never been released. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, sure enough, I flip it and it says Eat Alive. I'm like, fuck yes. So I go up to the, the cash register and I... You know, I, I'm going to buy it, and the guy just starts laughing, and he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, we, you know, I was like, is this really the soundtrack? And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's basically, it's a bootleg, right? Yeah. And it's basically, they just took, like, tw- like, both sides are just kind of, like, excerpts from the movie. Yeah. You know, really trying to focus, like, we were trying to grab the, mostly the score, whoever released this, mm-hmm. but they also, like, a dialogue, and he was like, yeah, when we first, um, we first got this in the store, 
I put it on and it drove customers out. Because all this just scr- weird ambient noises and screaming and like all yeah. this random shit and the customers were like, fuck this shit. And I was like, this is going in my record collection. So I brought that with, I bought that in uh, Memphis and... Uh, that's, that's cool. It is. It's really fucking <laughs> rad. Um, like I said, I... I love this movie. It's not my favorite Toby Hooper, obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then the, yeah. the Fun House, uh, which came after this one, uh, is really good, too. Um, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too, obviously. But um, but there, I have a special place in my heart for this movie just because it's so... It's so many different things rolled in one. It's this, yeah. like I said, domestic drama, uh, a weird, <laughs> like... I don't, I don't want to say torture porn because there's not... Uh. There's not too much, but there's enough. There's to, that. There's yeah, the the, the, it, yeah. the roots, the seeds yeah. of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be. It could be. Yeah. But yeah, it's like this weird. I look at this as the sequel that people thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two was gonna be. You know, like yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is such a wildly different movie than the first one. It's like no. it's like black comedy, <laughs> whereas this so one feels weird. more like a sequel. You know, I mean, there's even a part where like Judd is like he's he's I think he just chased Ruby. Uh, not. Janice Blythe's character. I, yeah. I can't remember what her character's name is. And um, she gets away in a car driven by some random person just <laughs> like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and then yeah. he starts like swinging the scythe around like and hacking and screaming and it's just like the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. where her face is so frustrated that he's waving the chainsaw around. It's it, this, is a, this to me is the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as much as I love... I, I still think the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre is... Fantastic. It's uh, fantastic is an interesting word. Fanta- it is fantastic. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I don't know about fantastic. It is fantastic. You it's just, ridiculous. It I is ridiculous. ridiculous. It is a great satire <laughs> on lots, lots of screaming. Oh uh, yeah, there is a lot of screaming. But <laughs> he just has this way of like having these characters that you like, these villains that you. There's moments where you kind. I I almost felt bad for. Neville Brand's character, you know, just like the, the weird, like, him, like, just freaking out, you know, like, by himself, yeah. like, constantly, after he's done something terrible, it's almost like he has, like, a bout of, like, you know, his conscience kicking in, and he's, like, but he's, like, muttering. For like, a things. millisecond, yeah, and then he's, like, ha, ha, ha. And he's jittery, and he's, like, you know, there's that whole part where William Finley is, like, I'm gonna go put this, I'm gonna go stop this crocodile, and he goes and he grabs that fucking shotgun from his car, and you're, like, well, that would have... That could be a useful thing in this movie. And uh, he tries to kill the crocodile, and Judd's basically trying to get him to stop, you know, and he's trying to explain. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm sorry to eat your dog, but, you know, they eat anything. And, and it, you know, goes into this whole fucking rant. And it's there's just moments where I'm like, oh, this is just such a weird movie. I don't know what Toby Hooper is thinking, but uh, <laughs> but all this movie, all these great movies have these moments where, like, you know, the villains aren't... Like in the Fun House, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but there's a the the monster in it is there's mm-hmm. he's actually kind of sympathetic. Like you kind of feel bad for him because he's clearly being manipulated by somebody else, and like he's just this deformed. <laughs> you should see it, and then like Texas I know I do. You feel bad for all these characters. I'm like mm, Texas no. Chainsaw Massacre too. Well, yeah, if you saw the Fun House, though, you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, like I don't know. I think you you tend to sympathize more. Yeah, I do. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, like, I kind of feel bad for Leatherface. <laughs> I feel bad for Leatherface, because he's like, all he wants is a girlfriend. See? He just wants to dance with a chick with, with, with like, totally a Leatherface. Totally understandable, all that. Um, Except for <laughs> And Life Force? I mean, oh, man. Um, no, I, I, I just, he's got this weird, like, uh, side to him where he just likes to, like, kind of, like, make his character. I mean, and, and in, in yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's goofy, but, like, Jim Seedow, like, going on the rant about, like, you know, if you took away some of the stuff in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, you have a comedy about a small business owner just trying to get through, get by. <laughs> then you add the other elements, and then you get. But you know what I mean? Like, there's this great moment in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, where Jim Seedow is talking about the the small business owner always gets it in the ass, you know, and like getting fucked over by like you know the government taxes, all these things, and he's like. Toby Hooper ha- throws these little things in the movie where you're like these little relatable things. That you're like, oh yeah, you know, um, oh. Also, the sheriff in this movie is garbage. <laughs> he does nothing. He does nothing. And he shows up at the end, and he's like, you know that after the credits roll, he's taking all the credit. He's like, yeah, you know, it was a, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to, you know, do all that stuff. And uh, what did I do again? You know, like, I pushed him in the water. Oh, right. You know, and it's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Simmer down. <laughs> Simmer down. Simmer down. Simmer down, boy. Um... I don't know. What did you guys think? I know that you had seen it, Heather. I didn't care. You think yeah. you said you had seen it, but Jess, I don't think you had seen it, had you? No, I thought I did, and then I was like, I don't have any recollection of this, so. And you would. 
If you had seen it. it you would. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember things, so yeah. if, if I didn't, then I, I didn't see it. <laughs> but also, you remember that weird moment with William Finley, like, reaching out to his wife and screeching at the top, you know, top of his lungs. So cool. Or barking at his wife. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Looking for his eyeball on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is the weirdest thing this guy has ever done. And he's done some weird shit. And all he's doing is just playing a normal dude who's in a bad marriage. Um, I mean, like, I could, like, I honestly, I could watch a whole movie of that couple fighting. Yeah. <laughs> just going back and forth and just, like... It's like, weird <laughs> crisis. So what did you think, um, Jess? I, I liked it. I mean, I, it's like one of those, I think we just talked about how, <laughs> how it's a good movie, and, uh, so, I, I mean, it's, like, ridiculous and gory and hysterical and, like, stupid but funny and, like... I don't know, some parts are frustrating, but that's, like, the good part about it. Like, the lack mm-hmm. of self-defense? Yeah. Like, no! No! It's amazing how fast that crocodile moved in the crawl space chasing. Yeah. Have you ever seen them in real life? They move fast when they're hungry. <laughs> like, little legs, like... <laughs> and then all the head, like, when he's eating everyone's head, like, slow motion. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I like it. I, I thought that was a good crocodile. Whoever made that crocodile is Wasn't the person who made the jaws... Sharp. <laughs> um, I also really, really, I just can't get over how awesome Robert Englund is in this. Because, like, right after this movie... He's so, sm- he's yeah. so skeezy and, like, <laughs> but smooth, you know, that, like... Yeah, he's, like, that piece of shit that you're, like, yeah, I can see him getting laid because... All yeah. Because yeah, he's that asshole and you're, like... And, and he's the asshole that every nice guy's, like, maybe they do... You should treat them like shit and then you'll get the girls in the end because he, he seems to be doing it just well. Um, but he's such a garbage, garbage person in this movie. And then he goes on and does Dead and Buried, which is good. Uh, and he's, you know, everybody in that movie is kind of fucked up. But then he does V, where he plays, like, the nice alien, and you're like, oh, what a nice dude. And then he goes and plays Freddy, and you're like, oh, right, there we go. Um, but yeah, he loved, he, this is the first time he ever worked Toby Hooper, and he loved, Toby Hooper's one of his favorite people, mm-hmm. or was one of his favorite people, and um, they worked again together on The Mangler, which oh, is, yes. which I, yeah, I know. There's some people who I feel like hate that movie, and I fucking love it, because I'm like, yes, again, I get what Toby Hooper's thinking. Uh, this will be a big movie. I'm going to have Freddy in it. It's a Stephen King movie. It's a Stephen King story. It's just somehow, nobody told him, like, dude, it's a movie about a haunted laundry machine. machine. You know? <laughs> like, this movie's never going to be a mainstream hit, but I fucking love it. It's got Buffalo... And your hero is Buffalo Bill as, like, a small-town <laughs> yeah. sheriff, and you're like, God, this movie's so fucking weird. Um, but doesn't it have that twist where it's like, once it gets a piece of you, you're cursed, too? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Again, it's a movie about a laundry machine. Um, so, uh, but yeah, this was the beginning of their friendship, and, like, there was even a terrible movie that t- Robert England did he originally signed on to do it. They were going to shoot it in, like, some country. That's why he signed on to do it. And then they, that fell through. And he was like, fuck it, I don't want to do this movie anymore. So they got Toby Hooper to do it. It's called uh-huh. Night Terrors. Because they wanted to keep him satisfied. You know? And so, like, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, Robert England's worked with, like, Wes Craven, Toby Hooper, you know? like, But yeah. um, this was the beginning of that relationship that, like, I guess lasted until Toby Hooper's death, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, also, and I mentioned this before, but Toby Hooper's book, the one thing he ever wrote... Literature wise, a midnight movie, totally check it out. Yeah, it is fucking awesome. It's bizarre. Yeah, and like again, I'm thinking in my head, Toby Hooper's writing is like this is gonna be a bestseller. It's like, dude, (laughs) come on. But it's great. It's this great like fun metafiction book and Uh um, totally worth checking out. Um, But yeah, I mean, he was he was one of the greats, you know, when he was on his game. Yeah. Um, so, go figure. But I, I, I really enjoy eating alive. I think it's yeah, solid. It is enjoy. It's like a solid. Like I could feel like this, the time period it came out seventy six. It would be so sick in a drive through. Like yeah, yes, that's what it. Yes, that's foggy night. Yeah, on a like a humid summer night, like so sick. Yeah, or I, you know, and I showed like I told you guys this too. I showed this at a bar. Uh, one night, I did a double feature of this and Razorback, and it just tanked because <laughs> some audiences are just not uh, 
you know, I mean, I you it was awkward because I mean the, the you know the bar's PA is playing the the, yeah, the, movie, the music and like you just have some people like just sitting at the bar who didn't didn't come to watch a movie and they're just like so uncomfortable. Yeah, they're probably and like, I'm just what like, the fuck? And, and it's like you know when you invite people over to watch something and you love it and you can tell they're not into it, and you yeah. start feeling uncomfortable. Imagine a bar of people and you're just like, <laughs> like fuck, that. yeah. And then you show yeah. them Razorback, which is um you know this Australian film about uh you know with a wild you know boar. And the accents are so thick that I actually had to turn on the subtitles. Like no one's, nobody has understood what's going on. So that was it was a that was a rough night where I just felt like I I, I didn't gauge my cra- my crowd uh, yeah, properly. Completely. But yes, this is a movie that like I would have killed to have seen at the drive. Right. You know, um, or the new Bev. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was. Then that's uh, yeah. That's Eat my feeling. Eat alive, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have any shout outs. Today. No, we went to Monster Palooza though, which is pretty sick. Um, it, it's just like a real like horror dork fest. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I wanted to go. It's so, it is. It's so cool. Tom Savini was there. Yes. Yay. Oh yeah. Did you meet anybody? There? No, no, there wasn't. I didn't it was money, so I just I do the thing where I like I shake people's hands. I'm like, I love you so much. If I had money, <laughs> I would pay you, but I'm poor. And they're always like, "Oh, you're cute." <laughs> I was gonna go and get my Lost Boys poster, the the uh, one that I have my the Doors one. Yeah. That I have, um, signed by uh, Alex Winter, but. Um, oh, I know. I, I met didn't... him when I was maybe in like fifth grade when uh-huh. Freaks came out. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was doing a signing. That's at one cool. Of the theaters in St. Louis. And he was super nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? No. Fifth I grader? No. Well, I mean, he was he was nice to me, but he's actually yeah. not. Not nice. I, don't I mean, I guess you could. You don't have to be. I don't believe it. Um, I think he. I, I. I can't. I can't. Today we've talked about so many celebrities. Yeah. Very short. Yeah. Very short. Yeah. There was lots of like, mean you know, those like Linda Blair and Cassandra Peterson. And, well, I, you know, I'm going to drag con with my friend Solomon um, uh-huh. uh, in I May. Go. It's a lot of fun. We went last Violet year. Chashky. Oh my god. But this year, I, uh, I'm going to try to meet Elvira because that'd be. Yeah. So I'm gonna cross off the old bucket list, but um. I'm surprised you didn't come. She was, she was there, but she was on I think Friday only. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, come because Saturday I just only. got back from vacation and I'm not. I don't have a lot of money because I <laughs> missed a lot of work. And but, um, but I, you were on a boat. I was on a boat, mm-hmm. but I also boat. have some stuff coming in the mail mm-hmm. that I'm like I'm trying to make like, sure the you get big trouble in a little China board game, which. Ooh. Man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the box is like this big. I haven't gotten it yet. Wow. It's not, they're they're shipping in the next few weeks, but like. It is a whole fucking... There was, like, yeah, there's definitely, like, there was one that, that I guess it was, like, Snake Plissken versus, um... Jack, uh, Jack Burton. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was signed, by, though, by John Carpenter. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, do I buy this for $250? Like, maybe I should. Maybe I should do that. And then I was like, what? No. I and that's what happened to me at DragCon last year. I went, and, you know, Solomon, um, you know, he, you know, he's doing pretty well. My, my friend Solomon, yeah. he's a comedian. He's doing really well for himself. So last year for my birthday, he's like, I'm just gonna get you a ticket to DragCon. And we went to DragCon and he was like, we went to like, they had like a t-shirt booth. They had like all these different booths and everything and they had these t-shirts and I was like, he's like, which shirt do you want? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, uh, sure. I was like, uh, that Motel Hell one. He's like, cool. And you get, and I'm like, Solomon, you don't have to do that. But then I was like, I kept seeing all these things. I was like, here comes the credit card. And then like, I'm like, I got this shirt. I got this fire ah! shirt. I got this. Yeah. I got my divine shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so uh, that's why I didn't go to Monster Palooza. I was like, I'm going to spend money that I don't have. Yeah. Which you know? is what happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly I'm what I'm trying happened. to be smart. Um, but they, there's a lot of local people, too. Like, people yeah. that I've seen at the Egyptian. We, we you know, there's, like, lots of local people who are always kind of, like, selling these these items so yeah. it's it's cool it's a lot of familiar faces it's a lot of like um familiar faces as like celebrity goes it's it yeah. was cool it was fun everyone was like really chill too man i mean i think the horror community is actually way um, cooler a much than, n- yeah cooler yeah. community yeah than, than fucking than comic most. books and and uh the comic book geeks at comic-con and you uh, think so i don't know yeah i do Really? Have you ever seen like them banter back and forth about online? I mean, not yeah, but horror <laughs> nerds do that. Any type of nerd will do that. We'll do that and get really serious about it. I call them know-it-alls. Yeah, know there's it-alls. there's one in every scene. Trust me. Yeah. I think the horror. I always walk away with some fun story. Like mm-hmm. I got one from that chick today. Yeah. There a few years ago, they had done a wax figurine of the cannibal holocaust. You know, the girls, <laughs> you know, skewer it on a stick. Uh-huh. And this nine-year-old boy had combined was just like. Is that really from the movie? 
And the guy was like, oh, no, son. You know the movie was real, right? And the kid's like, <laughs> and I'm like, Yay. just like scaring, yeah, scaring people forever. Yeah. My friend's dad was in that movie. Really? Yeah, the blonde dude with the mustache. That's oh, weird. That's my friend's dad. That's and, uh, disturbing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how he felt. <laughs> that's how he felt too. He was like, he does not like talking about it. I don't um, think I would either. Um, you know. Yeah, but anyway, it's yeah. social setting. Hey, guess what? Movie? I was in a movie once. It was called Cannibal Holocaust. It's exactly what you think it is. It yeah. Off yeah, that movie still gets me. And I, I, I mean, I saw it. I'm glad I saw it. I saw it at a midnight screening back in Boston, but I was like, oh, those are real animals getting killed, and I don't think any movie really is necessary, you know, warrants that. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> it was my number one sure. thing I touched it. I'll be signing my autograph, and I'm like, so you really had to go and kill those animals on? He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> okay, well, it's cool. Again. But Alex Winter's a dick. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. Just in, just in case I you're listening. Just in case you're listening. Just in case you're listening. Alex Winter, That's, I'm, I'm sure you're see? really cool. It's too sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, when, I'm, when I'm at the Bill and Ted 3 premiere, sitting next to old Al, my old buddy Alex, he's like, you know what? You defended me. Um, we'll see who's laughing. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that was our Eat yeah. Live episode. Yeah, see you later, guys. Bye. Um, thanks, El Taco. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks, El Taco, our new sponsor. <laughs> if you were one of the millions of moviegoers who were electrified by the unbearable suspense and sheer terror of Jaws, Get ready for Eaten Alive. (laughs) Created by Toby Hooper, maker of the screen sensation The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Marty Rustin presents a new horror classic, Eaten Alive. (laughs) Into this house of terror comes a handful of unsuspecting innocents. Hello? What happens to these people in Eaten Alive will give you the most chilling, terrifying 90 minutes you ever spent in a theater. presents Eden Alive, Mel Ferrer, Carolyn Jones, Stuart Whitman, Neville Brand. Get ready for Eden Alive, a new horror classic.